This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red Podcast with me, Ian Doyle, here in Qatar. I am joined, I'm pleased to say, by Chris Baskin from the Telegraph. Hello Chris. I'm not happy. Why are you not happy? Where's the croissants? Oh, come on. This <laughs> isn't the Sunday supplement, you know. <laughs> God. And also Mark Ogden of ESPN. ESPN or ESPN FC? ESPN. ESPN, yeah. What do you mean FC? I think FC is the football site, which, um, I don't know, it's complicated, but ESPN, because it's, it's just a place of football, doesn't it? No, it does not. Now, we were both, all of us, sorry, were at uh, Jurgen Klopp's press conference earlier today. We were also at Jorge Jesus' press conference, and right. it was like, yeah. because I was saying, it was like when we went in and it was dark when we came out, <laughs> it went on forever. He had dark hair, yeah. we went in, that's what I had, yes. Start with you, Augie. Um, Jurgen Klopp. It's, it's been interesting this week, hasn't it? Because it's kind of gone from... He got the impression, certainly before he came into the tournament, that he wasn't particularly bothered. But now that he's come here, he's quite keen that Liverpool could actually get on with the job and win it. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot more than I do, because I, you know, I dip in and out of Liverpool, um, which might be a good thing or a bad thing, depends on your point of view. But the one thing that you see from distance with Klopp is that he can get quite tetchy at times about certain things. And he was a little bit tetchy initially about coming over here. But whether it's to change the scenery or eventually have a bit of sunshine, I'm not so sure, but, you know what, maybe this has worked well for Liverpool in the sense it's got away from the Premier League, got away from the bubble of being in England and the bad weather and it's... That's, really that's very unprofessional, that is. So, so maybe it's, it's one of those, <laughs> it's just a situation, maybe he's actually seen the benefits of it now rather than being stuck back home and there's a, it is a winter break in here, mm. all aspects. Do you agree with that? Um, do you remember what he said? Yeah, he, 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 started, he started off less enthusiastic, and by the end of the week, he's a FIFA ambassador. I think, yeah. it? Um, maybe the, you know, doing an interview with Wenger or something, changing. But I, I think, um, I think, got to embrace it. I think you got to be more enthusiastic about it when you know you, you're here to win it. And I suppose the longer you think about the tournament, you, it's a big event, isn't it? I mean, you kind of notice when you're here. The amount of media compared to even bigger than a lot of the Champions League games. It clearly does matter to a lot of other countries, and I just think it's it's because of the timing of it, and because it's so far away. It's always been so distant that in England we've been really kind of demeaned, and also we've got such a culture of club rivalry in England that I'm just quite envious when it's Man United in it. We don't care; it doesn't matter. It's Liverpool; it doesn't matter if Chelsea in it, whatever you know. So. I think that's probably says more about us really than it does the other countries. You know, I, I'm not quite sure about the idea of the whole of Brazil wants Flamengo. I can think if there are one or two clubs there that yeah. perhaps would rather Liverpool won. But nevertheless, I think um, you can see, you can see by that. And I remember the Sao Paulo game 2005. They were celebrating like it was a championship. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, Rafa wasn't very happy, was he? No, he he, he took it extremely seriously, and you know we know obviously what happened with his personal circumstances. Was, for passing away but he was there we were all amazed that he didn't go home but that just showed you you know uh, he, he wanted to win that trophy I think he did win it eventually with Inter Milan didn't he? I think so yeah, yeah. Mourinho keeps saying how he gifted him that trophy okay. <laughs> he but I mean I think Basco's right I mean I obviously I spent a lot of time covering Man United and when United won it in 2008 Fergie made a big point of saying forget what they're saying back home this, this competition matters and it will matter a lot more so in years to come and I think we are pretty parochial and ensure when it comes to new competitions in anything, you know. So um, I think for Liverpool to win it, it's massive. It's massive for them as a football club and also commercially as well, you know. They're really riding the crest of the wave at the moment, Liverpool, in every aspect in terms of the way they're playing. They're, you know, they're a kind of a real kind of cool brand to be associated with. They've got a fantastic manager, great personality, they've got some great players. 
Salah, Mane, Firmino up front, you know, three of the best strikers in the world. And to become world champions, it's an absolute open goal for the, the commercial side of the club. And I think you, you can't downplay that. I think it matters these days. Chris, do you think it makes a difference, the fact that it's in Qatar? You've mentioned that, you know, with Tokyo was where it used to be played and it was absolutely miles away. But a lot of focus has been on this part of the world because yeah, they've obviously got the World Cup coming. And it just seems there's a lot, there's been a lot more on this tournament than there normally would be. I, I mean, I've read some of the pieces and I think we've all, we all agree privately, don't we, that there's a lot of nonsense written about these things and that, you know. Oh, Liverpool should. It's so easy to just sort of say, oh, Liverpool shouldn't come, they should take some kind of moral stand. Well, hang on a minute, you know what I mean? It's like, where did you, where did you draw the line here? You know, the, the moral quagmire of sport at any level and who hosts tournaments. If you, if you break it down, you wouldn't know one would host a tournament. You know, why is one country more, you know, worthy of getting the opportunity than another? Now, okay, I'm sure that, you know, we all know the kind of things that have gone on to get the World Cup, but has it never gone on before? Has every other host nation not been up to certain you know, allegations, not shadowed them? Um, and I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think journalists, ourselves, get really into it. I'm not really sure how much people really genuinely care. You know, who cares about what the World Cup's going to be like other than journalists and those small percentage of supporters who actually go to World Cups. Most people stay home watching the telly, don't they? Mm. they don't really care whether or not you can get tram to the st- You know, I know, I know real hard, hard fans care about the end, you've got to care about your reporting, but I do think it's a big whole hump yeah. around. You've got to take it to different places. You can't just have World Cups and big no. tournaments in, in Germany, France. I mean, South America was waiting for a long time for the World Cup, so. Yeah. But you're right, you know, the last World Cup in Russia, yeah. human rights, all sort of issues. You were there, weren't you? I was, yeah. And it was, uh, it was a brilliant World Cup to be at. You know, obviously, there are a lot of things beneath the surface in Russia that happened before a World Cup, during the World Cup, and after World Cup, which we won't agree with. The same would be in China in 21 for the, the next Club World Cup. You know, China's got issues as well, so. Wasn't it the same just saying, well, how come we have all this wealth and all this privilege yeah. with all these millionaire footballers where you've got these poverty, you know, these, you know. I mean, maybe we should have World Cup should be in Sweden and Norway, I don't know. South Africa was the same, yeah. you know, we were in, I was there and in South, and you know, you did feel uncomfortable, but. I think it was a bit unfair in the press conference before the Monterey game that it was put on you. It's grandstand, it's grandstand, but I'm sorry, the guy, I mean, you know, he's probably been out always asked a question, but it's like, you know, Klopp basically said, what you're asking me now for, really, you know, it's like, this is not the platform, we know what Klopp's views are, don't think everyone knows he's a very liberal to left wing minded fella who will, you know, hate all the things that are probably banned in this country. He's not going to be able to just use that. If he wants to say it, he's going to do it in, a, in an interview with CNN, isn't he? And some where he really wants to say something, not, not on, a, on a platform with FIFA partners. That, that wasn't a time and place for it, but I thought he answered the question quite well by I saying nothing, really. I thought, <laughs> well, I thought he gave a good answer in the sense that he found it out to FIFA. Yeah, exactly. Let, you know, let the answer for the reasons why they've chosen this place as a venue, why they've chosen Russia in the past, why they've chosen China. They're the ones It's like the Olympics, why they've chosen X, Y, and Z. No one ever has a go at the athletes for taking part in it, do they? So why should they be questioning the clubs or the players? Exactly. It's always, but it's always sport. It's always these big major sporting events that are meant to set the example. Why? Why isn't it big businesses? Why isn't it the chief executive of a McDonald's being asked? Because it's why you yeah, having McDonald's? Why you know how many burger, whatever burger, can you know you can see all these westernised places around. Why aren't they being? How dare you? Because it's boring men in grey suits. Yeah, exactly. Cares it, but a famous athlete or a famous footballer suddenly carries a lot more publicity with it. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing about role models and all this nonsense. It's, 
they're, they're a famous face, famous brand, you know, yeah. so they have to take the stick, but I don't think that even matters. It's only being old Trotsky, I like, but I mean, you know, if you know, it's capitalism, folks, you know what I mean? It's based on exploitation of people who are impoverished and, you know, they, uh, 200 years ago, I've sort of said this before, I've got the streets in the pool named after slave owners, I'm afraid, so we need to be, you know, looking to our history. We're not all whiter than white, um, obviously we're uh, applying our 2019 sensibilities, because we're all now so enlightened onto a different world, different parts of the world. All they're trying to do, they will say, is catch up. We don't like the way they're doing it, but we did it ourselves. There hasn't been enough politics this year, that's all. So yeah, we'll, exactly, we'll go yeah. back to the football. Um, <laughs> Liverpool, Chris, beat Monterey 2-1 in the end. Do you feel as though with the selection that Jurgen Klopp did, you know, he obviously rested quite a few players, it was a gamble that he was a little bit fortunate to get away with, or yeah. do you feel as though Liverpool always had a bit too much for them? Bear in mind, obviously, there was no Van Dijk and he was forced into the change of point. I think, I think it was a gamble. He must have thought when Van Dijk took ill, what do we do? But he obviously wants to stick by the principle of giving Mane and Salah a rest. Not Salah, sorry, Mane and Firmino a rest and Trent. But so it was, it was the, those were the three cavalry, weren't they? Um, got away with it, and he? he probably did calculate well if it's not going quite well after an hour. I can always put them on and they'll win the game, and that is exactly what happened. So, but it, yeah, he could have been a few goals down before that, and he didn't play very well, and. Um, you would expect a very different. I mean, it, it did actually feel a lot of time it was an exhibition game from the Liverpool perspective. I don't think it was from Mexican thing, but really playing streetwise football, the way they were playing clock and everything. But Liverpool really never played Liverpool tempo of the day, but I think they will in the final. It did feel like a pre season friendly, didn't it? Mm-hmm. The whole atmosphere of the game, the stadium being in a different part of the world, it just felt very much like what you get in June and July all over the world. But. Uh, I don't think Liverpool were ever in any, any danger. I know that once they had a few chances, but I always felt that they would get a win. It's what Liverpool do, isn't it? They would get the win. But I think the Flamengo game will be completely different. Right from the very first kickoff, if they're not at it, Flamengo will be after them, which I think. Yeah. You, you just have to see the fans around Doha, they, they really matter to Flamengo. They're all over the places. It reminds me of the World Cup last year with Peru. There were Peruvian fans everywhere. There was hundreds and thousands in Yekaterinburg in the middle of Russia. What are they doing here? You think the same? Why have so many people come from Rio to Qatar? But it matters an awful lot. People say that Flamengo got 30 million fans in Brazil. I think it's the same people who do Man United's figures to go to Qatar. But a big club and it matters. And uh, I keep hearing about 1981 as well, which I'm sure you two have. Yeah, I remember that. I think I don't ever watch that on the but I definitely saw the uh, stayed up to watch, or got out of bed to watch the independent. Well, 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 there's an example of Liverpool not taking it. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. No, no. I, I'm sure, and maybe people, if anyone watches me, maybe you tweet this later. It's not my distant memory. I remember waking up and there was a John Collins film on. <laughs> that, that's, it was. That's, the genuine one was that's great. I think I know what it was. Am I allowed to say what I think it was called? I think I know which one it is, so we don't want to talk okay, about that. Okay, right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, let's yeah, yeah. tweet that later to say, I'm, I'm, you know, if anyone, people of a certain age, can they remember that we got the last half an hour of this John Collins film? <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been then, what, 1984? Uh, 21. Oh, 10. Yeah. What a joke. I remember watching that game as well. Even though I come from the other side of the M62, I do remember watching that as a, as a fan as a kid, thinking 
it was really an exotic game, you know, Liverpool playing against Independiente. Yeah. It's still an exotic I game. Think I think just 10-11, actually. Would you, would you say the game against Flamengo is still an exotic game simply because of what happened in 1981? So for Liverpool fans in particular, you know, Flamengo obviously love it because mm. that's the, they regard that as the biggest moment in their yeah, entire no, history strange. and they're the only well, club. The Liverpool players just saw there's a big chance to have a... Yeah, exactly. Oh, a drink or two. Yeah, yeah. speak to players from that era and, and they... They all just rave about Zico as the yeah. best player yeah, to play yeah. against him. Yeah. You know, you know, Zico was a brilliant player. For the the modern generation, he's probably kind of been, you know, lost amidst the Messi, Ronaldo, and even Maradona thing. But he was he was a sensational player, Zico. I mean, people like Graham Souness and Alan Hansen said he's the best player they ever played against, and that gives you an idea. Was well, that the pitch as well, mate? That they weren't even playing like concrete, like sand, yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. The execution's coming out even now, thirty years. <laughs> but but it, they're the only team from Rio to ever win it, so it, it's very important for them. Does it also, if Liverpool were playing, say when they were playing Samps, which was, was it Samps? Samps Power. And, and Independiente even to that degree. If they were playing either of those two teams now, it wouldn't have quite the same romanticism as That's playing Flamengo. No. Because Flamengo is, 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 well you were joking about the amount of support he got in Brazil, it's still probably the most famous Flamers, team, along with, with Santos yeah. to come out of Brazil. They're the team that people, that people know. It is a good, it's going to be a good game, possibly for the neutrals as well, isn't it? Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think because Liverpool fans know and always, you know, will remember that game, and um, and I think it is easy. That's probably one of the reasons why uh, culturally Liverpool fans was it maybe didn't matter that much because it's nice to just think that's such a great, great team. There's no way they'd have lost three 0 Just that never happened, did it? You know, so those stories are not taken it seriously. They defeat the kind of. You know, psychological need, don't they? That often, yeah, it wasn't that Liverpool really tried in that match. We probably never know really how true that is. I mean, you know, it probably is a little bit of both, really. In there, even at Liverpool being a full pelt, maybe they've still lost. So, can I chuckle in being from, from Manchester? You'd never guess, but go does it matter that United have won it twice and then did Liverpool want to get on that? On that trophy because they want to close the gap in United. Because they, they're the two biggest clubs, and they have a they rivals about Premier League titles, championships, and Champions Leagues. You know, so does this matter to get? I, I don't think it matters to get more than United. I just think it matters for them to just win it because it's become it has become over the course of the last 10, 15 years. The rebranding of the competition has become more. It has become more been, of a big deal. Twenty one in China. So well, that's it. Yeah. I mean that, that yeah. that's got all the signs of being a complete mess. Like the one in yeah. the one in two thousand when United had to pull out the FA Cup. That was a shambles. Yeah, exactly. So that just got jibbed straight away, didn't it? I think if Liverpool were to win it, it then becomes okay. If, you know, uh, Liverpool won sixty four trophies, and it's amazing. It's amazing. That, that's the one trophy they've tried to win and never won. So it's it is fixing. You know, you think it'll make any difference either way? Just looking at the seasons, the whole whether Liverpool win it or Liverpool don't win it. Probably. No, no. But uh, well, it won't make a difference if they don't win it. I don't think they look back and think, oh, "I wish you'd won that." But if they do win it, then you get a bit of momentum yeah. because oh, they've won two now. They can win because I think Barcelona won six in two thousand and nine. They won everything. Now, you know, it's it's difficult to do. Obviously, Liverpool can't do six, but they can. They could win five trophies this year, mm. and they've won the Super Cup. I think it matters because you have to win something to get those. It's not just a throwaway trophy. You could argue it's the hardest one to qualify. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to win a decent cup to win it. So they've got a super cup. If they get this again, you don't get the chance to play in this competition very often. FA Cup, who knows? You know, that one is since 2006. Premier League, well, that that is in the bag. Is well <laughs> and the Champions League, that Liverpool for me are the best team in Europe, and and a lot of the big rivals are kind of having a bit of a, a decline or a rebuild. So Liverpool, for me, are the favourites. So 
it's the FA Cup, it's the hardest one for you to win because you, if you get drawn away to Man City, to Man United, to Chelsea perhaps, that's, that is a difficult one. But the rest of it, a two-legged tie in the Champions League, well, you don't lose two-legged ties in the Champions League for a long time. This game, one game to win it, Premier League in the bag. So... <laughs> That's why I think it matters that... Mate, you'd be crying it a little bit there. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I, I think you can... I, I, to be fair, to the be tempo, if it was any other team that was 10 points clear at the stage of the season, everybody would just say, that's it. But it's because historically Liverpool haven't been able to get it over the line. They've the lost Premier one game. This psychology yeah. is filling them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've, lost, they've lost one game in the Premier League in 2019. They've they lost one, is it 53 or 54? They could, ridiculous, they could yeah. be on the what, four points at the Leicester. On Boxing Day, I mean, with a game in hand, though, to be fair. I'm not crying, I'm telling you, this is, you know, this happened. So that's why the Club World Cup matters because at the end of the season, it could be could be everything apart from the, the League Cup, which, to be fair, the EFL weren't particularly um, helpful with that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. What do we make of Jordan Henderson at centre back? <clears throat> it's an experiment that won't be used again unless. You know, injuries and sit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> suppose, you know, where he's fortunately playing such a, an opposition that couldn't really punish. I didn't think he did anything particularly wrong either. I think, but I think obviously things like the, the goal with Van Dijk would naturally have followed it in and probably been there to clear it, or you know, a natural defender would have been. There's no Liverpool defenders seem to think is, that maybe Alisson's shot needed to be cleared. Is it? it a sign maybe that we know that Lovren falls over all the time and Matip, we're not entirely sure what's, what's wrong with him. Fabinho's out, going to be out for at least you think, another three, four weeks. We know that they've got uh, Minamino coming in in January. Yeah. Do you feel as though they need to buy a centre-back? Well, I think it's very easy for us to say yes because you just want all bases covered. And as you say, the trouble with Dejan Lovren is if he plays six games in a row, you know he ain't playing the seven. Mm. Uh, Matip's injury seems to be far worse than the indicator when it first happened. So, and then, you know, obviously Joe Gomez is still only 22. People sort of forget that, you know, he gets a bit of unfair criticism really when he, he has a kind of inexperienced, shall we say, game. And he's very experienced. He sort of just such a high stand because he made his debut at 17, was it, or 18? Um, so yeah, I, I do think they should buy or bring in, even if it's just a short term. But I don't know who'd be out there. Yeah. They did the short term with Stephen Corker, and he yeah, he tends not to yeah, he tends not to make Jurgen Klopp too many signs in January. No. Of course, obviously, it will depend on that being the big yeah. one. There, there, it depends who's available, isn't it? I mean, Phil Jones is available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, th- I think, um, I mean, Alderweireld signed a new contract at Tottenham yes. so, you know, that's one option that's yeah. closed off because he'd have been perfect. Somebody like him would have wanted to play, though, wouldn't yeah. he? He wouldn't have wanted to sort of, you know, I think they've also come on for the medal, but I think it's difficult because you, once they're all fit, you have to accommodate them and you don't want to mm. make the wrong... I mean, we're not, we're not talking about Fessin or Spree-type signings here, but we, you don't want to get the wrong mm. character and yeah. destabilise his thing. He's probably looking for kind of Ragnar-Clavan-type figure out there, somebody, you know, <coughs> I mean, a steady yeah. Eddie, you could just... Are there no kids in the squad that you think are ready? To... Well, I don't think they're ready. I mean, obviously, Hoover, I think. He was probably the one, isn't he? Yeah, but again, he's so, he's so young. And he's yeah, spent a lot of time at right back as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he is a centre back, but. But of course, you know, Fabino can play there as well, so. I mean, I'd put Milner there. I'd put Milner there ahead of Henderson. I think Milner could play anywhere. Yeah. But you don't. Obviously, Not tall enough, though, is he? But you don't want that for a period of four or five weeks, but I think. If you bring another centre half in, that's five, maybe six that you've got on the books, and it's too many. Yeah. 
And it just happens sometimes, and you just have to write the write it out. Yeah. Now you had a sit down with Jurgen Klopp this week. Yeah. Uh, he had one or two things to get off his chest, and one of the main ones was the fixtures, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, he was talking about the um, the winter break or the. I suppose what we got. Yeah. So Liverpool basically play on the first of February, and then they have a two-week gap until the fifteenth of February. But this clock mentioned that FA Cup full-time replays are scheduled for the fourth or fifth of February. Now Liverpool might not need a replay, but if, if they get past Everton and if they draw the fourth round tie, then they'd have to play in the in their break. Uh, I spoke to the FA just to get some clarification. The FA's position was well. Yes, that's right, but um, teams have got a month to play the fixtures, but that wouldn't really help Liverpool. Would it? If they delayed it because they've got Champions League games and they've got all sorts of games, so it's a mess really. So they kind of have to hope that they don't draw the fourth round tie if they get past Everton. They have to make that point, you know. They might not beat Everton Anfield for once. Is this uh, something that's been a problem with all season? The fixtures, isn't it? I mean, it is a joke. They're just incapable. People who run the organisations have sit down in a room. Is it the fault of the people? Sorry to interrupt. Is it the fault of the people who organise the fixtures, or is it the fault of the people who arrange these competitions that they play so many games? Because there's only so many days in which That's you can play. That's an element of both. And, and of course, and the clubs, only, the clubs only... are complicit in it as well, which you know the manager doesn't like here. They just point this out, but you know the kind of the chief executives just shuffle comfortably and keep them out. Sure, what the managers moan, don't they? But they're the ones who are the you know shareholders of the Premier stakeholders of the Premier League. They've decided that the original premise of the Premier League to have 18 teams <coughs> shall never happen because there's too much money at stake. And they're not prepared to compromise the Premier League because of the money involved. None of them care about the FA Cup, really. But the FA are entrenched in their position and are always at loggerheads with the Premier League. Um, you know, I dared to tweet about this tweet about the shambles of the AFL when they announced they were playing the Villa game on the same day. They weren't happy. That's the, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that they got a two-legged. Yeah. If they didn't have a two-legged semi-final on the AFL Cup, the Villa game wouldn't have happened there. Would mm. have been from, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the radical solution is to just get rid of the AFL Cup. And I know it'll upset a lot of people that say, oh, well, the smaller club need the money. But in other countries, well, I think, I think the French have got rid of theirs. And it, it's like, it's such an outdated I, concept. I, I think just keep on evolving. I think it's OK as it is with, as a, for the bigger club now as an under-23 tournament, basically, to give them all, you know, a combination of squad players. But you... Your idea you said the other day about the semi-final should be on a neutral ground. Yeah. I think I mean, fantastic City v United at Villa Park. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. And that, that used to be fantastic yeah. in the FA Cup. That since that had stopped in the FA Cup, those FA Cup semi-finals are nowhere near. What, what, they, what I don't understand is why they had this agreement to have this winter break. How the AFL were able to keep this two-legged semi-final? What hold or what grip yeah. they have on the Premier League to say we're keeping our two-legged semi-final when nobody wants it? Yeah. Every manager, Klopp. Guardiola, Mourinho, they've all complained endlessly about this two-legged semi-final, quite rightly. And they still keep it on the calendar. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it's so much, you know, say, the, those neutral venues, FA Cup semi-finals, and, mm-hmm. you know, whether you'd have one at Anfield, you'd have one at Villa Park, you know, you had Spurs' ground, they'd be much more, less expensive to supporters as well. well last season, had this nonsense of Man City 9, Burton 0, and yeah, the second exactly, leg that came yeah. after that, and you know, yeah. Burton were never going to win that tie anyway. Yeah. So play that stuff, so play Burton versus Man City at Villa Park and just give them a, a puncher's chance, but over two legs, it's just you can predict the semi finals, or you can't predict these semi finals this year, I don't think. Yeah. Right, we'll just finish with Augie. What we tend to do now is try and attempt to pick the Liverpool team for, for the next game, which is obviously Flamengo. Are we saying Alisson goal? 
I think this might be quite easy, this one. Alison and Goliath. They were saying the back four, if Van Dyke is fit, Van Dyke, Gomez, Van Dyke, Robertson. Robertson, Trent. Are we saying the front three? The front, front three? three? Yeah. It's always midfield, okay. isn't it? Okay, so now we're left in the midfield. Henderson must play. Now, if Wijnaldum's fit, does he play? I think he'll play. He trained. He did train today. He trained or trained by himself. Oh, okay. He's not fit. So if, if Wijnaldum's not playing, therefore we've got two positions to fill. We've got about four players. Players up at five. I remember we did this podcast before we played Salzburg, and I um, you got scores right, didn't you? Too, I, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. team. I said I didn't think Katie would play, and of course, little did I know he did, and he played very well, and he's been playing so well. I can't see why you would leave him out. I think you would play Kater and the Milner. I think so. We need Milner's leg, yeah. well, not legs, but his experience and his yeah, just just that cool head, especially against the team that's going to be going for it. You know, if you Kater plays, you can't. You have to have somebody, two players behind you that are going to do the job. So I think Kater, Milner, and Henderson is the midfield. What do we make of Jorge Jesus in his press conference? He seems to. I remember him being at Anfield just, once where he, he lost his. his was he the manager of Benfica when they knocked Liverpool off the champion? No, 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 no. I was speaking. That was that was a Bronkuban. Of course, it was. We, we've got a, quite a big ESPN Brazil team over here because obviously Brazil's a, a big football uh, nation that you might have. Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. I wonder if you were going to talk about Jorge Jesus, and uh, the, the view over there is that if he wins this, he'll look for a, a club in the Champions League that can win the Champions League. He thinks he can win the Champions League. He's a, he's a coach with big ambitions, Portuguese, mm. arrogant, maybe, I don't know, but he wants to come back to Europe to, to take on a club that will win the Champions League. So I think he's won everything else. Mm. I mean, he's, he is a he's a very good coach. He's won a lot in, in Portugal. Remember the time he left Benfica to manage sporting because he yeah. promised to his dad, which is a crazy thing to do. But uh, So, yeah, he wants to head back to to Europe apparently to take on a, a competitive club so it might be interesting uh, he'll probably end up in the Premier League one day probably Everton in 18 months hmm. final thing then who's going to win Liverpool are Liverpool favourites and yeah, will they get the job done win. I think Liverpool are going to do the reverse of 1981 and it's going to be 3-0 wow that's a big shout um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go for a shot Flamengo winning I am very very and, surprised and, that you've just come out with and Gabby goal yeah. The new idol of Manchester, sorry, uh, Rio, is <laughs> going to score. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing Gabigol. It's a great nickname, isn't it? Gabigol. Actually, no, it's terrible. That's great. It's not. Only if you score. Gabigol. Yeah. Local win 2 1. Okay. There you go. Right. And that should do us. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.